Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. My name is Nick Bojad and with me I have... Scott. Hello Scott, how are you? <laughs> hello Nick, I'm lovely. Thank Excellent. you. What a wonderful day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, first of all, and we do this every time, where are we? What are we drinking? We had such a great time at the Rag and Famish last time that we decided to come back and explore the upstairs yeah, area. Uh, we're not downstairs though, we're upstairs. That's right. Do you know what I've worked out upstairs? Better wine? They have a restaurant upstairs and okay. you can order off the restaurant's wine list. Oh. Here we go. So I have a bigger glass. I yeah, see. Yes, because they use bigger glasses. Oh, and Google found a few restaurants near us. That's absolutely awesome, isn't it? Anyway, now, moving on. Talking about technology and usefulness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to talk about complexity, and there's certainly there's some in that. Yes, but there is too. Anyway, before what, we start, what, are we what have we got? Hey, this this is a lovely drop. This is a, a, a Kudos Cab Sav, uh, Kunawara Cab Sav, uh, made by Lincolnfield. And uh, they, um, they've got a, quite a few um, uh, drops out there, but uh, this is a 2017. Now this comes from a special card that I haven't seen in very many places called Bin Ends. Oh, okay. So this is like the end of a run, just a few it, bottles left. It could either be that it's the end of the run at the winery, yep. or it could very well the be... The end of the run at the pub? Yes. Yep. They've, they've, they've actually said they've, they've got a whole bunch of stuff that's been sitting around that just hasn't gone anywhere or it's fallen off the, the sales list and it's just been sitting there. And they've just decided to put it all in a sheet and say, hey, here's some older stuff we've got. It's very nice, actually. It's, no, me, it is me, very nice, actually. It reminds me of an interesting story I had once. Go on. I, was, I was in the US yeah. and um, went to a steakhouse. Um, this was in uh, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the end of the, um, end of the dinner... We said, uh, oh, maybe we'd like a little after-dinner drink. Do you have any um, any port? And they, well, that's what's always a complex question <laughs> in the US. So that's it, that. it, it is. And the, the, uh, the waitress there was, port, port. Uh, do you mean port wine? And I said, oh, uh, okay, sure, port wine. Do you have any port wine? Thinking that was, must be what they call it here. Okay, off she goes and brings me back an entire glass of port Awesome. <laughs> oh no! What? What? Oh well, that's, um, that's not quite how you, you. You know what? That's fine. Just it's, it's all good. So we sort of started. Hey, oh, this is really good. Wonder what it is. Anyway, we got through that after a while, and it was really beautiful port. <laughs> Out came the bill: one glass house wine, seventy-five cents. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. excuse me, three more glasses of uh, port wine, please. <laughs> Uh, apparently the barman had found it dusted in some old dusty bottle hidden under the counter and no one knew what it was and finally someone had ordered it. Wow. Um, anyway. My 18th birthday I got bought a bottle of Taylor's 1955 vintage port, which I managed to be very careful and only drink by itself with cheese. Yes. But it was it was something else. It, it truly was. Anyway, so the topic today, Scott, it's one of yours, so I'll let you run with it. Complexity in IT. Complexity in IT. Yeah, we have a bit of that. Yes. Look, we've... Um, We've been going out, seeing clients the past you know, years and so forth, and looking at where are you having problems, what's, what, you know, what's, what are we trying to fix, what's keeping you awake at night. And it usually comes down to we've got something happening in the business, and you pull it apart, and it's just, oh, here's this 25-step process to achieve what is something very simple. 
So that's, that's an interesting point. I remember in my business when I had it, six years into the business, um, I found somebody doing this incredibly stupid, complex process. And I went, where did that process come from? And they said, Nick, we've always done it like that. Yes. Winding it back five years before, we didn't have a process to do something. And one afternoon, I just dreamt one up and just went, oh, we'll just do these things and we'll see how that goes. And we'll continually review it, which was the bit that I, didn't happen. That's right. We didn't review it at all for six years. I thought it was so embedded in my business. Actually, getting out of it was harder than getting into it. It was way funky. Mm. And also the whole thing. And we, we had this in, in previous companies as well, that even stuff that we had produced, we didn't realize that as we grew and grew and grew, at one point, we decided to stop and look inward inside the business for a bit, try to work out what was going on. And um, we said, what, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing that? I've got, I've got a great example. We were working with an accounting firm in Brisbane, and they asked us to come and map their processes. <laughs> so yes. That's fine. So it's a three-partner firm. And we started off, we said, well, let's do the simple one. We're going to do individual tax returns. And I had everybody in the boardroom, all partners, and we started mapping the tax return. How does it start? Well... One partner said, well, it starts when the client says, I want to do my tax return. And the other one said, no, no, it starts when we hit a certain date. And the other one says, no, no, it starts when we get a notification from the ATO. So now you get a kind of picture for how identical these processes are not going to be <laughs> in the same organization. It turned out, when we finished, every process was totally unique. Mm. Right? Three partners, three teams, 20 people at this firm, three different processes. Mm. And then I said, well, let's find a single process that works for everyone, and we couldn't. I'll tell you what, if you think about the complexity in these processes, do you think that's really where the business value is? It's fascinating. I always thought, a suburban accountant, your business value is that you're close to your customer. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I've, mind you, I've always said for an accountant, their big business value is a good accountant that never costs you anything. Because they always yes. make you back more than they yeah, cost you, but that's, that's just my view on the world. That's true. Well, we, we, we see this same scenario in IT, where we look at someone needs to make a change to a network or implement a new system, and you're looking at, okay, well, surely we can just go and do that. Oh, no, no, we've got to do a network change, you've got to make some firewall changes, we've got to do this, we've got to... Move. And all of a sudden, you're, where did all this come from? How did we get into such a state that there were so many blockages and in getting even basic stuff done? And it's funny, and I think if I look at, yeah, you know, I, I would say in software at least, it's very cathartic to go and um, uh, uh, rebuild the software again yes. a couple of times, right? It just gets better and better. And I think it's the same in IT infrastructure, yet there's organizations who've evolved over 20 years. We've never really gone and reviewed anything. They just get bolting on things along the side, and now they're slow, they're insecure, they're impossible to manage, they're expensive, they're... Yeah, name your adjective, really. Well, this is the whole problem. Scott, lots of people do things, just do things because they can. Yes. Right? I can put a new router up here, I can put another firewall here, I can put a switch here, Telstra come along and I can put a new phone system in. You know, the NBN came, I'll do that. What about 5G? Yes. And there's lots of, I, I think, certainly in business management, as, as they get more and more familiar with technology, there's a lot of what we used to call magazine computing. And let me give you an idea, and it comes from a Dilbert cartoon, thank you, Scott Adams, where um, um, the pointy-haired boss says, um, they're talking about something, and Dilbert said, what do you think we need? And the boss says, I think we need a SQL server. And Dilbert turns around to Wally and goes, um, um, he doesn't know what he's talking about, does he? He read it in a magazine. He said, I'll test it. And he turns around to the boss and goes, um, 
what color SQL Server would you like? And the boss says, I believe Move has the most RAM. So you immediately know that it's just been made up. So you just get a lot of that in, in management. We have a lot of buzzwords in our industry, and, and, but, but there's some sense behind it, right? But, but hopefully those I like to play and therefore I'm doing something oh. is that, yeah, you're, you're doing it at home or it's a hobby or something like that, in which case, yeah, you're, it's, it's ingenuity or it's, you know, you're just seeing what happens. Yep. It's when that migrates itself into the corporate network that you start having problems. And haven't we seen some of that? And we've seen this <laughs> with, for example, the client's network. Three sites set up three entirely different ways by three different engineers all trying to outdo the other. Yes. Now, the problem is, as soon as something breaks, you look at that and go, well, what am I going to do with that? This, how's this supposed to work normally? Yeah, and, and I think I think it comes back to those. Now, in our industry, we have these things called TLAs, three-letter ac acronyms, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with. Yes. But my two favorites, the first one is RTFM, Read the manual. You can probably work that one out. But the other one is... Not a three-letter. Yes, okay, whatever. But the other one is also not three letters as well, just to make your life easier. Kiss. Yes. Keep it simple. Well, Stupid. All <laughs> not all of us can. That's half the problem. The, um, IBM used to have the AMD, the air movement device. Oh, a fan. Short for fan. Yep. Yes, a three-letter. Oh, don't worry. You have PDUs, yes. which are really long four-way strips that you plug things into, but they call them power distribution units. Yes. Yes, but anyway, yeah, I know you can, and, and there we are. We're back to the camp. Yes. But when we talk, you know, our theme is cyber security. Yes. The more complex you make something, yes. the harder it is to secure. Yes. Now, let me. I'm going to pick a really good idea of complexity. Ten years ago, yes. in small and medium business, everyone was rolling out this thing called small business server. Yes, very impressive. So, small business server was basically how many Microsoft server products can I kick into a single server? And if I remember rightly, they had Active Directory, mm -hmm. Exchange, yes. SQL Server, yes. maybe three of those, yes. SharePoint, yes. Um, some other SBS-specific stuff, some weird routing things. Yeah. Services, yeah. So it's all this stuff stuffed into a single box. Very, very difficult to secure. The cloud's very different, though, isn't it? Because it You've actually, somebody else is dealing with that complexity, and you've just got one connection and one, one thing to worry about, right? You know what? Here's the thing. And when you look at all those services are now available in Azure, mm -hmm. and I reckon there's someone in Microsoft going, what? You reckon we've got to support all these? Well, there's no way we would do it that way. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. actually, I've, I've got some history on that. So I used to work at Microsoft. Yes. And the very first project Microsoft did that kind of morphed into what cloud is now is back in 2000, all the enterprise customers were saying, Microsoft software is not enterprise ready. It's not stable, it keeps going down, it's blah, blah, blah. And so in the product teams went, we don't believe you. So we'll go and run someone's IT. And the company they chose was Energizer. I don't know if you know Energizer. Yeah, Energizer bunny either. Yeah, Microsoft decided to run Energizer's IT environment. And so they came up to Energizer and they went, we'll run your IT environment the amount of learnings they got, actually what led us to Office 365 now. Because, yes, they did run it better, ah. but they also learned a whole bunch of things about how you could run it better and better and better. Office 365, run on batteries. But remember, they also threw far more money than Energizer yes. would oh, look, absolutely. put it in to get it right, because they were then getting it right for hundreds and thousands of customers. That's so. the whole idea, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so simple's important. Yes. Simple makes you more secure. Yes. In the tribe tech business, which is the managed services business, what do you do? Do you make it complex or do you make it simple? 
Well, this is the whole thing. We, we only make it as complex as it needs to be. In fact, we are often pulling out complexity because it no longer serves a purpose. And if, if we are responsible for managing a customer's environment and producing an outcome, and we're charging a, a fixed fee for that, ideally, I want no problems to occur. And this is the concept of, of lazy IT. I, I want to be inherently lazy and do no work and get paid for it. Well, isn't that what Bill Gates said? The people he likes to hire are... Um incredibly lazy, really smart people because yeah. they'll engineer their way and automate their jobs. And, and this is just it. We, by, when I say we want to be lazy, I don't mean we actually don't want to do anything. I said we want to do something once knowing that it's going to continually work and do whatever it has forever and not cause any problems. Yeah, now, so, so, of course, I, I, there is a little bit of a... <laughs> yeah, so I know you're saying this, but the very yeah. first customer, before we, we got together and we are doing business together, the first customer I introduced you to the first thing you did is you walked in and ripped a ton of kit out of there and put some very, very simple you know, networking to start with yeah. and then core infrastructure and just simplified it down. Mm. And, and so before, when I had to work on that customer, I had to fly there and it was in Victoria. Now we can connect from anywhere and we can manage it and it's secure and we can maintain it and it's backed up and all those kind of yeah. nice things. And, and strangely enough, when we did that in that particular client, a whole bunch of other issues went away. Wasn't it funny? Yes. My software started to work because we had <laughs> network connectivity. Yes, and we had visibility over the network as to what was going on. And yes. it wasn't deep, complex stuff that took days and days and days to do. It's just, we, we put this in, we set it up, a lot of it's cloud-based, we can go click, 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 roll out, configurations, and it's done. And the thing I really liked is watching Scott himself crawl around a factory, putting well, routers yeah, and switches. Yes, and I, I, I'm glad I was the one that ended up being down there. <laughs> Okay, well, we had fun. It was we, 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 we did have fun, yes, that was very true. So, a good, good pub nearby there, actually. Anyway, there, um, there's, there's a couple, not very good hotels, but no. we'll talk about that in another podcast. I didn't know you could get under one star in a motor inn. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, and the, the, the three-star hotel was actually a converted mental asylum. So it was all, with some yes. of the features still there. Scott yes. had a room once with the pole to handcuff himself around it. I'm, I'm not sure that was the mental asylum part of the... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. on. So, we've talked about taking out your business environment and making it simple, but when no one anymore is purely an office with a firewall and a router no. and DHCP, and we, we've all started working from home. Well, but that introduces new complexities. But, but, but this is the whole thing. We go into existing client environments today that, and let's say they're, yeah, let's say it's a thousand people in a company. You go in there and you look at the sort of environments that they would have built over the past 10, 15 years and they probably have in place running now, and you say, we need to deliver this application. Well, you need to start setting up VLANs and security policies and profiles and lock we're, this we're down and backups and blah, 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 blah. It, it was. And all these things you had to go through just to get an application configured and rolled out and deployed. And you look at it and go, why do we do all this? And so how about we did none of that? And, they're, they're, and the yeah. engineers are going, well, you're stupid. What are you talking about? That's, that's crazy talk. I said, six or nine months ago, you sent all your staff home and the business kept running. And I can guarantee you they have none of this mess at home. Yep. And I think for a, that was a light bulb moment for a few of them. I think it was. And I was in the meeting. We were doing a workshop on you know, a new way of delivering infrastructure for one of our clients. And we suddenly went right at the beginning. People were working from home from grandma's laptop. Yes. So all of your preconceived ideas about managed devices, about VLANs, yes. about edge firewalls, about 
all of the things that make up your IT infrastructure, you had to throw away and assume your lowest mm. common denominator is a 386 DX25 web browser. Yes. And it, it worked. It's not a 386 DX25. Not anymore. Right? No. no, they're going to a full 386 DX. <laughs> um, but it worked. It this, this is the thing. All of these solutions ended up providing a workable solution and businesses kept doing their thing. Now, yes, there were some issues, but it's the concept of not trying to reverse engineer everything that's there and start to simplify bit by bit. Work from home equals, no, get rid of it all yeah. and start again at a very basic yeah. level. So, so, and what we're talking to, it's funny, I'm talking to this customer about you're now like a software as a service provider. You now need to think of your applications as if you're delivering them as software as a service out to your end mm. users. And you know what? If you can buy it software as a service, do that first. If you can't do that, yes. host it as if you're one. And there can be no other ways of doing it because no. we have to deliver that. Well, and, and this is it. When we take on a new client, we essentially replace their network infrastructure with cloud-based infrastructure. Yep. We replace their systems. We look at all their data. We move them into the cloud. And essentially, the majority of their issues tend to go away at that so point. ideally, no servers, right? We don't want servers unless there's a specific need for a server. And I guess and, there yeah. are some scenarios, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You get specific manufacturing things that need a lot of data on site that talk to equipment that have got specialised yeah, applications. Ports, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there, there is that, yeah. But that's the rare case these days. So, so Scott's talked a lot about infrastructure today, and that, that's fascinating. And certainly if your infrastructure is simpler, you get less complexity. But one of the things we haven't talked about is software. Ooh, you know, we yes. spend a lot of time now, you know, I, I tend to reward my senior developers by removing code rather than adding code. Mm. We want less code in our software. We want it to be simpler and have less moving parts to make mm. it work. And that's, that's a similar interesting world where we're doing the same thing, mm. just from a software point of view. I, I saw something on that the other day where there's these companies that used to measure the productivity of developers by the KLO figure, the thousand yeah, lines, well, thousand lines of code. They said, well, this person has written like 10,000 lines of code over this, so therefore obviously better than this person. Yeah. And I said, well, no, if that person wrote 1,000 and did the same job, then clearly that code's better. Well, well, well not necessarily. No, okay. It's not correlation. Yes, okay, that is fair. But, 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 but yes, if I, a good developer will reduce the number of lines of code because every line of code you create is a technical debt. Yes. And technical debt costs you, and that's really where we are in the legacy lands. And I use a great example where as I look at Australia's major banks, now yes. only one of them has managed to replace their core banking platform with something new mm. with less lines of code. The rest of them are still running on mainframes. Mm. Yes. Um, in fact, two of our major insurers are still running on mainframes. Oh. In fact, yes. three quarters ago, IBM had their best quarter for mainframes. Mm because of all that legacy code load. And what's fascinating is the developers who wrote it have now mostly passed away. Hmm. So nobody knows how that <laughs> stuff works. I, I saw a COBOL programmer the other day. Uh, did you? Yeah, old guy, big long white beard, happy as. Yes. He's just playing into his existence on all his writing because no one else knows how to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've got a friend who's a COBOL programmer and I take my hat off to him because we have IDEs yes. and simplification and AI in our yeah. code and we can deliver solutions about a hundred times faster than they can yeah. with the same level of robustness, yeah. which, is, which well, is super important. Well, the interesting thing was, um, he said to me, uh, well, I said, you're going to retire at any point soon, like put the feet yeah. up or whatever, uh, you know, get your super and whatever. He said, no, nah, you don't get it. There are three of me in the country. Yes. I, I don't need to retire and I don't need any more super. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm charging a bucket for what I'm doing yeah, now. Yeah, you are. You can doing. charge and charge because there's yes. only three of you in the country and every major bank and insurance company want you. Yes. It's very depressing. <laughs> it is. It is. So I, okay. I, I think that's been a fantastic wind down today. It's lovely to be back at the Rag and Famish. I haven't been upstairs before. It's, it's yes. kind of cool. You can see it behind us. Do, do come and visit if you're in the area. Yes. And, and certainly if you're watching or listening to this podcast, please give us a like, give us a subscribe, and put comments as what you'd like comments. to hear us talk about or what type of wine you'd like us to drink. That could yes. be frightening. That would be very interesting. Awesome. I'd love some feedback. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for watching and listening. Scott, thank you for being here. Thank you all. Have thank a great you. day. See ya. Okay. Bye.